What's up, Pharmacy Nation? I'm Pharmacy Joe. Thank you for being a listener of the Elective Rotation, a critical care and hospital pharmacy podcast. This is episode 831. In this episode, I'll discuss three tips for inpatient medical emergencies. You can find the show notes for today's episode at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 833. Tip number one is about ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema. When taking care of a patient with ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema, I focus on helping to facilitate protecting the patient's airway with intubation. I don't get distracted by other therapies which do not have a clinically meaningful effect. Epinephrine doesn't work with ACE inhibitor-induced angioedema. Neither does diphenhydramine, methylprednisolone, or ecalantine. Fresh frozen plasma might help, but you need to thaw it first, and that usually takes too much time to be of practical use. Icataban only affects meaningless endpoints like edema and not the need for intubation or mortality. Tip number two is regarding the lipid rescue dose. When lipid emulsion is used as an antidote for enteral drug toxicity, the American College of Medical Toxicology recommends a tenfold reduction in the maintenance infusion of lipid emulsion after the first few minutes, compared with when it is used for local anesthetic toxicity. There are several good reasons for reducing the maintenance infusion rate. Number one, there's a case report of lipid emulsion clogging CRT filters, possibly contributing to a patient's death. Number two, acute respiratory distress syndrome and ventilation perfusion mismatch have also been reported in patients who have received the traditional lipid emulsion dosing for drug toxicity. Number three, a physiological-based pharmacokinetic pharmacodynamic model suggests that the reduced maintenance infusion rate is sufficient to produce a plasma triglyceride concentration that will provide the scavenging and cardiotonic benefits of lipid emulsion. And finally, number four, this reduced dose model is supported by two case reports where a lower lipid emulsion maintenance infusion rate was used successfully. And tip number three, when a patient is unstable or crashing, the team usually doesn't feel like the time it takes to check IV compatibility is worth delaying treatment to a patient. That's why I keep in mind two basic IV compatibility rules for common critical medications that hold up according to Y-site compatibility data from Trissel's. Rule number one, with the exception of propofol and vasopressin, which has never been tested together, all the usual sedatives and vasopressors are compatible with each other at Y-site. This includes norepinephrine, epinephrine, phenylephrine, vasopressin, dopamine, fentanyl, midazolam, propofol, and dexmedetomidine. And rule number two, when adding sodium bicarbonate to sedatives and vasopressors, care must be used to avoid incompatibilities. Sodium bicarbonate at Y-site is not compatible with midazolam, and it inactivates catecholamine-based vasopressors, such as norepinephrine, epinephrine, and dopamine. Sodium bicarb is compatible with fentanyl, propofol, dexmedetomidine, phenylephrine, and vasopressin. To get a copy of six more tips for pharmacists responding to inpatient medical emergencies, go to my free download area at pharmacyjoe.com free. It's download number 16 on the list. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of the Elective Rotation.